Drama alert! As my more regular viewers know, the pro-Second Amendment Blackout Coffee Company, link in the description, is one of the supporters of this channel. Now, when I first partnered with them and mentioned them in a video, I got a pretty decent amount of comments and messages from folks confusing them with Black Rifle Coffee Company. They also said that this was a big deal because BRCC were traitors to gun owners. I'm gonna call them BRCC now, by the way, because I'm not really sure how many tabs I can get away with saying rifle in a YouTube video. You're skating on thin ice, young lady. Anyways, I didn't know what any of that was about, corrected people on their mistake, and moved on. But now, BRCC has done an interview with the New York Times, and apparently some drama has ensued, granting us headlines like, Black Rifle Coffee denounced extremists, and the far right is pissed. <laughs> and according to Twitter, there's now a boycott. The company seemingly has two strikes against it at this point, so I decided that now it's time for a good old Liberty Doll investigation. We'll start with the New York Times article, though I will admit that last time I critiqued anything from the New York Times, YouTube labeled it as hate speech and terrorism. So we'll see how that goes. Can the BRCC become the Starbucks of the right? The Times asks. The subheader reads, the company doubled its sales last year by leaning into America's culture war. It's also trying to distance itself from some of its new customers. Well, already that's potentially a bad look to the right people. Even better, the article starts with mentioning January 6th right away in the first sentence. So we know this is going to be good. The Times hints that it's the very events on January 6th that got BRCC into this pickle in the first place. They start out with co-founder Evan Hafer's admission that he voted for Trump, but that he doesn't actually believe there was election fraud. Then, that he didn't agree with the storming of the Capitol, but also didn't see those people as a threat to the country, which is a valid viewpoint. But Hafer's distance from the incident collapsed that same afternoon when he was alerted to a picture taken by a Getty photographer in the Senate chamber that immediately went viral. The photo showed a masked man vaulting over a banister holding several sets of plastic restraints. The man, soon dubbed Zip Tie Guy, was dressed in a tactical vest, carried a taser, and wore a baseball hat with an image of an assault rifle silhouetted against an American flag, a design sold by the Black Rifle Coffee Company, of which Hafer is the chief executive. The Times says that BRCC became the official unofficial coffee of the MAGA crowd, and that someone at George Washington University's program on extremism notes that BRCC apparel was a recurring feature in footage of last summer's anti-lockdown and anti-BLM demonstrations. Co-founder Matt Best says that the company was singled out unfairly in 
all of these incidents and points out that there were probably tons of people wearing Nike and Walmart and all kinds of brands at the various events and that those companies aren't getting associated with violence and extremism. He pointed out that they also can't control who drinks their coffee or wears their brand. And he's got a point, as apparently even he himself was misidentified as Zip Tie Guy based on the hat alone, and the company made headlines as if they'd sponsored Q Shaman himself like a NASCAR driver. Zip Tie Guy was later identified as Eric Munchell, but the damage was done. But the apparent nail in the coffin was when Kyle Rittenhouse wore a BRCC t-shirt. The horror! Kyle was in no way affiliated with BRCC, but Eliza Schaefer over at Blaze Media was. He tweeted a photo of Kyle in the shirt, writing, Kyle drinks the best coffee in America, along with a promo code. The company pressured Schaefer to delete his tweets with the photo, and BRCC posted a video promising that they believed in the Constitution and the Second Amendment, but that they didn't sponsor Kyle in any way and didn't believe in profiting from tragedy. If they were going to make a PR move, then it's probably the most eloquent one they could have made, but people were still pissed. The Times took this next moment to point out that Hafer is Jewish and thus suffered anti-Semitic attacks over the incident and that the company lost between 3,000 and 6,000 subscribers to their various coffee clubs, all allegedly because of their denouncement of Kyle. So when January 6th rolled around, along with Zip Tie Guy, the company was silent. The Times almost tries to paint this as on par with the Kyle incident, even though no one stuck Munchell's picture next to a promo code. But, says the Times, the uncomfortable truth remained, that someone like Munchell would have thought to wear the company's hat to the Capitol was a large part of how Black Rifle had gotten so big in the first place. The article then quotes Hafer's asking how could they possibly continue to build their brand without being a part of the MAGA movement anymore, while also avoiding being called rhinos by MAGA. And it's asked not so much in a philosophical sense, but in a business sense. And this is the problem with people expecting everything from their coffee to their deodorant to take some sort of stance on every stupid social justice political cause du jour. It leaves companies in an impossible bind where someone somewhere is always going to get pissed and call for a boycott or smear the company all over social media or force the issue into some stupid headline until the company caves and ultimately makes things worse for themselves. That's the way she goes. That's the way she goes? That's right. That's the way she goes. But at the same time, BRCC put itself in that situation by being overtly political and presenting itself as a trolly, Trumpy alternative to Starbucks. And then they went on Twitter and spoke to the New York Times and tried not to own the fact that the company had been overtly political, trolly, and Trumpy. 
While the company seemed to have learned their lesson from the Kyle incident in choosing not to take a stance on January 6th as a whole, they apparently didn't learn it enough because they gave this interview. Best later said that he thought they had no choice but to do the interview with the New York Times. The New York Times was going to do a story on us no matter what, and we thought we'd share some of the veteran-related causes that we work with just to give them an understanding of our business, because the left-leaning media tends to rip us apart. I don't know what their agenda was, and it's not out of the question to think there are people there who wanted to hurt our company, because we're all gun-toting, freaking freedom-loving patriots. In this quote, he says that he doesn't and didn't know their agenda, but also says the left media tends to rip them apart. They should have expected as much, and frankly, would have been better off not getting involved because then it wouldn't look like they were endorsing throwing some of their customers under the bus. The legacy media is not friendly to anyone not on the left. I know this, and every conservative and libertarian YouTuber I've ever spoken to also knows this. So how did a giant coffee company not know this? The Times solidifies this idea of BRCC and other companies getting into the political weeds by pointing out all the companies that have distanced themselves from Republicans since the dawn of the Trump era and why doing so was a good idea. And to really nail it home that BRCC is allegedly trying to distance itself from some of its customers, they include a quote from Hafer in big, bold letters. I hate racist, proud, boyish people. Like, I'll pay them to leave my customer base. The rest of the article is mostly about the history of the company and the personal histories of its founders, as well as their charitable exploits, but also gets in a couple of digs at BRCC's customer base, suggesting that they're mostly people who emulate military service and live vicariously through veterans. According to the Times, these people fancy themselves commandos preparing for theoretical war, but are unlikely to encounter physical danger in their daily lives. The Times also suggests that BRCC feels the exact same way, and that the founders roll their eyes at the culture but recognize it as a business opportunity. The article also goes on to say that while they don't denounce Trump on the record, the company and its founders no longer support Trump or the Republican Party in general as they're, quote, detrimental to the company. Of Kyle Rittenhouse and the people who defended him, Hafer said, It's such a repugnant group of people. It's like the worst of American society, and I got to flush the toilet of some of those people that kind of hijacked portions of the brand. Also, apparently, St. Michael the Archangel is a hate symbol now, and so BRCC pulled products that were supposed to have pictures of the saint. That's just randomly thrown in there for some reason. Now, it is entirely possible that this stuff was taken out of context or even made up. But, like I said before, if there is one thing that I've learned in covering the news and the culture war, it's that you do not open yourself up to any major media news outlet. 
I myself was mentioned, not by name but by video title, in a Guardian article meant to smear the VCDL and their 2020 lobby day, and earlier this year was featured in a hit piece at the Seattle Times without my consent, and neither article was particularly flattering. Both reporters also said that I was not allowed to record any conversation that I had with them, and so I refused to have a conversation. I can only imagine what those articles would have looked like if I had spoken to them. If you're anywhere on the political spectrum that isn't the left, speaking to the media is just generally a no good, very bad idea. And whether the company meant to throw its customers under the bus or not, legacy media is giddy with it and taking the story and running. Yes, and you'll never catch me. <laughs> The article led to a bunch of backlash on social media, from internet randos all the way up to Mike Cernovich, who claims that BRCC promoted the article for days and blocked anyone who asked them about it. I can't confirm that, but the company and its co-founders all retweeted the article on the 14th, which mostly got critical comments with no sympathy for BRCC, including claims that the Times was highlighting violent extremists in the mainstream and that the company was built by racists with micropenises who cater to racists with micropenises there are claims that the main Twitter account and the CEO both posted the article and then later deleted the posts. Several users also retweeted photos of customers and conservative blue checks alike being blocked by the BRCC Twitter account and claiming that they had only asked about the article, asked about donations the company had allegedly made to the Democratic Party, or questioned attributing Kyle Rittenhouse's actions and his supporters to racism. Among this list appears to be Cernovich himself, Cassandra Fairbanks, John Cardillo, Kurt Schlichter, Jeremy from The Quartering, and others. The company also allegedly deleted critical tweets before deleting the entire posts. Yeah, that's not a good look. Hafer then responded with a video on Instagram claiming their words were indeed twisted and taken out of context. He claimed he had been under the impression that the article was meant to be about racism and anti-Semitism in America in the context of him being the target of an organized attack after denouncing Rittenhouse last year. He also called the New York Times piece misinformation. He claimed that all of the negative quotes were strictly about racists and anti-Semites and not about conservatives in general. He also claimed that he interviewed with the Times out of a sense of responsibility to the veteran community to give the Times the opportunity to write an objective story about the company and their stance on veteran issues, but also acknowledges that they knew the chances of that were very, very slim. In the video, Hafer chalks up the quote, misunderstanding to the difficulties of navigating the culture war. He then also claims that the company never tried to be political, which is silly and wrong, and states that going forward, they're not going to be overtly political at all. Which, frankly, is really naive when your company literally has the word rifle in it and you sell coffee roasts with names like AK-47 and Thin Blue Line alongside grenade-shaped coffee mugs. 
Then Haver and Best double down on the misinformation story, going on the Dana Lash show to claim fake news in an interview that was honestly very leading and full of softball questions. My impression is that they genuinely thought that they could play both sides and that the Times article would somehow score them more customers than dick jokes. Some newfound critics have asked Hafer and Best to release a transcript or recording of the interview in order to prove that it's fake news. However, they have yet to do so. If the quotes really were taken out of context, and if some of them really were flat-out misinformation, then the question remains why BRCC and its founders continued to promote the article without any corrections or retractions until five days later after the backlash. I know that if a news outlet as big as the New York Times came out with a story with fake quotes from me bashing my viewers and subscribers, I would be on that right away, not retweeting it across social media. As the kids say these days, seems sus. That is your Second Amendment community drama for the day. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Drop a comment down below for the algorithms, especially because I said Kyle's name and the R word several times in this video. That's probably not going to go over too well. If you like this channel and want to help support in other ways, you can check out any of my support options down in the description, including Patreon, Subscribestar, or a one-time donation through PayPal or crypto. As always, thanks for tuning in, and I will see you on the next one.